Open your Bibles with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. How many of you are thankful that God is faithful to us? Amen. And uh, I mentioned it to, I was talking with some folks after the morning service. In a message like that this morning, it's very difficult for me to preach it because um, the Bible says, with much learning is much sorrow. And we quote the verse, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It's funny, somebody asked me where that verse was and I didn't know. And uh, so I think it was Jeff Bradshaw that helped me actually, I think Chad said it's in James and then Jeff knew which verse it was. It's 417, 417. Um, Man, I know a whole lot of stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. How many of you feel the same way? You've been around the Lord enough time, been around the work of the Lord enough time that you know that there are some things in your life that you are supposed to be doing. Now, the, in the medical field, they, they use the word triage. You know, you have to triage needs. If somebody comes in and they've got a limb severed, that comes ahead of the cold, right? And so there are things that I know that, that as a believer I am supposed to do, but you can only be in so many places at one time. That's why we have a church, Right? Because there are things that I know that I can do at Grace Baptist, but it would be better for someone else to be doing that so that I could do something else. And often the person that's doing that is better at it than I was anyway. Right? And here's the, one of the dangers that we can have at church, especially at a church that runs pretty well like us. How many of you have noticed we don't really have a lot of problems here? Have you ever noticed that? If you haven't noticed that, let me just tell you, God's been good, man. I know a lot of churches that have a whole lot more trouble than we do. Things run pretty smoothly here. Um, But the danger is that we can think that we're not needed, that my labor isn't important. That's just not true. That's not true. It's so interesting. I was very nervous when... Pastor Nathan told me that they were going to move to Texas because he had a lot of responsibilities. He had a lot of responsibilities. And what's interesting is I think a lot of folks would tell you that some of the areas that Nathan was over work better now because there are people that are more gifted to do that job that are doing that job. He was doing it because he felt like it was his duty and his responsibility, and he did a good job at it. But now when you have seven people doing that work, it's amazing how the ministry just keeps on moving, and you you go on ahead. Now, of course, I don't know about you guys. I miss him terribly, you know. And and there are things that that are lacking because he's not here. Please don't think that I'm saying he wasn't necessary. But how many of you get what I'm talking about here? Other people stepping up in those areas, it's amazing the way that that's helped. It's amazing. And you guys would also be surprised at how many times a week I'm on the phone with him saying, what do we do here? How are we going to do this? And, and he always steps up and helps, and it's fun. Um, we, we've got some new tracks coming, and uh, so we called Nathan, and he does um, graphic design. He takes jobs like that on the side on top of his schoolwork. So we paid Nathan to put some tracks together for us, and they'll be coming in this week. He's still a vital part of what we're doing here. 
um, it's, it's a blessing. But here's what happens. We begin to think that, remember what we said this morning, we've kind of lowered our expectation of faithfulness to showing up. When we think of a faithful church member, we think of someone who just attends. Well, then we looked at 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So let's, let's build off of that and see, learn some things about faithfulness tonight. Look at this verse, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. We said that, that, that faithfulness is a characteristic of God. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So we know that God is faithful. And then look at um, Galatians 2, 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we know that God is faithful. Here we know that Jesus Christ is faithful. And our eternal security is based on the faithfulness of God. Isn't that wonderful? Look at Philippians chapter 1. All right, look at what it says in verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will continue to perform that work in me. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. Isn't that a blessing? He will continue to work on me. He is faithful. He's going to continue that growth in me. Now, so we understand that God is faithful. And then look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Faithfulness is a characteristic of God's servants. Faithfulness is a characteristic of God. Faithfulness is a characteristic of God's servants. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And you remember the parable of the unjust steward, right? We need to be just in that. Look at verse 17. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So now Timothy, it's interesting that Paul told Timothy, in 2 Timothy, the things that thou hast heard of me, right? Commit thou to faithful men. And what does he say about Timothy? Timothy's being faithful in doing that. The things that Paul had taught, Timothy is faithful. So what he's going to do is he's going to come and he's going to teach you those things that I have taught him and I got them from Christ. That's what Paul's saying. That's what faithfulness is. That's what a faithful steward is. That's what a faithful minister is. And that's our desire here at Grace Baptist Church. For me as your pastor, it's so interesting. When, when I look back, so 23 years ago, Pastor Hovestreit had, had passed away. 
and the group of men here at Grace Baptist Church had a choice to make. They had a choice to make about the direction of Grace Baptist Church. And men like Elza Willis and Bob uh, uh, Maxwell and Dan New and Ron Peacock and, and Tom May, they made a choice. They said, we want a pastor that will be true to the Word of God that will preach the Bible. And none of those were available, so they called me. That They wanted a pastor because it's hard. I think it would probably be hard for us to even understand. But at that point at Grace Baptist, there was really a choice to go one of two ways. That, that's where the church was. But there were a group of people here at Grace who loved the truth and had a desire to see that truth continue on. What were they? They were faithful men. They were faithful men. Guys, that might be you down the road. Now I'm praying I get to be pastor here for another 20 years. I'm praying that God gives me health and that can happen. By that point, you guys might be the ones sitting in the deacon's chairs making decisions about the future of Grace Baptist Church. That means now you have to begin preparing to be faithful men. That means you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. What direction does God want this church to go? So when we talk about these things, don't just think that's for them. That's for them. You guys are vital to this. It's so important. The guys your age, you guys are vital to this. We hope that many of you guys stay in this area and you stay plugged into Grace Baptist and you become leaders here. Amen? It's exactly where we need to be and we need faithfulness. We need faithfulness. Look at, again, let's look at verse 17 again. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Man, that is so good. Now, look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 7. And I'm thankful that you parents have these young people down here to hear this. I'm thankful for that. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 7. So Paul is talking about another one of his fellow servants. As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. He is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Here's what's important for us to remember that a faithful minister of the Word of God is beneficial for the people who hear him. Uh, having a faithful minister of God's Word, that's something that we need to pray for, that we need to encourage, that we need to help, because, man, there are a lot of preachers going off the rails all the time, just going off the rails. Pray that I can remain faithful. Pray that the leaders of Grace Baptist Church, the men that God has raised up here to teach God's Word, that they remain faithful. And man, you know, we, I love it that we have other men in the church fill the pulpit here. If any of those guys start preaching something that's not out of the Bible, we got to stop that. Amen? Especially Jeff Bradshaw. Right there. What is it? What, what was that skit? 
I'm not supposed to say who's the worst, but it's Dan. Remember that? I love that. All right. So faithfulness is a characteristic of God. Now, I made light of that. I, made, I got light, but, but it's, it's a serious thing. Anyone who stands behind this pulpit, anyone who stands here teaching God's word, it has to be true. Amen? Now, good news is the guys that we have here, if we were worried about that, they wouldn't be standing up here teaching. But you never know when somebody's going to mess up. Amen? Let's hold each other accountable. All right, number three, faithfulness is a characteristic necessary for the completion of God's work. Okay, look at the book of Titus. Titus chapter 1. Look at verse 4. Titus chapter 1 and verse 4. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete. Now, how many of you, how many of you remember what you call someone who moves away from Crete? An excretion. Right? I went to college with a girl from Crete, Illinois, and that's what I told her. When you move away, you're going to be an excretion. All right. So, for this cause, left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now, remember, there are three words for the pastor, pastor, bishop, and elder. Pastor, that identifies his job as the shepherd, and he's to protect and feed the flock. Uh, uh, bishop. That's the idea of the overseer, the administration. The pastor has to not only feed and teach the people, but he also has to be the administrator of the church. But then the word elder, that means he knows God. That's not a novice. He knows God. He knows God's word. That's That's the concept behind that title of the elder. Now look at what it says. Verse 6, If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop, notice it's, do you see it's, you go from elder to bishop? How many of you saw that right there? So men, you have different, we could get technical, there are different types of church polity, church government. You have Presbyterian. How many of you heard of Presbyterian church? That's the Greek word for elder, presbyteros. You have, anyone heard of the Episcopal church? So in the Presbyterian church, they're ruled by elders. In the Episcopal church, They're ruled by bishops and archbishops, and you break it down that way. That's the Greek word for bishop is episkopos, episcopal. But the Bible identifies that as the same office. Ordained elders, if a man desires the office of a bishop, it's the same office. It's just different aspects of the same office. All right? So, verse 7. For a bishop must be blameless as the, what's that next word? Steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker. Now, that no striker, we think of that as hitting somebody. No, that's somebody who doesn't want to work. Right? You go on strike. So, not a striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Look at this. Holding fast... The faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. 
For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. So that was the, the Jewish believers that were coming into the church, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. So it's interesting. What's necessary in the church is the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God's men, and the faithfulness of God's man. And what are we to be faithful to? What am I to be faithful to? The faithful word. And by that word, we are to use doctrine, and that doctrine is to stop the mouths of those who are coming into church for some kind of gain. They're coming into church for something other than to give glory to God. That's what the pastor is supposed to do, whose mouths must be stopped. How many of you have ever been in a church where there were too many people talking? You ever been in a situation like that? That's why our church meetings are not the way that they used to be, all of those kinds of things. We'll have conversations about anything that happens in this place. We're not going to have a free-for-all in this. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And we're never going to have somebody, Pastor, I have a word from the Lord. Pastor, I have a, well, how do I know that's a word from the Lord? You ever been in a situation like that? Pastor, I've just got to say something. I was in the Spirit, and I saw Mama fly over. She was a dove. What in the world is that about? Not going to happen here. We're not doing it. And the other thing that we will do is we'll make sure that if anyone is ever trying to bring false doctrine in here, we're not going to stop it because that's not the preference of the pastor. We're going to stop it because it violates God's word. We're going to do it through doctrine, and we're going to stop their mouths through the teaching of God's word. Notice, notice what it says. Verse 10, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Remember, we, some of you, were not, how many of you were not here when we went through First and Second Thessalonians? You were not here when we did that. Raise your hands. How about that? We did this whole section on what it means to be unruly. How many of you have ever seen the TV show Gomer Pyle? Have you seen it? So they're, they're all marching in order or in, in rank, whatever you call it. They're all together, and Gomer is walking the wrong way. Shazam! Right? He's going the wrong direction. That's unruly. That's, the whole church is going one direction. We're all speaking the same thing. There's no division among us. But there's one person that's got to stand up and say, but I say, but I think, I don't think that's right. What's wrong with that? Why can't we do this? What's wrong with that? They're just not going with us. Now, we're always open to suggestions. If the Lord puts something on your heart, a ministry you want to start, what happens, though, is people have ministries they want me to start. Right? Oh, God's put this on my heart. You need to do this. And some of you experience this. Yeah, God does impress you to do something. And what do I usually say? Go right ahead. <laughs> 
Man, if God wants you to do that, do that. We're all for it. If it fits into the ministry, the direction of the church, man, if God puts something on your... If you want to go and start a biker ministry, you're into motorcycles and you want to reach bikers, I'm all for that. Praise God. Let's do it. Be awesome to have 50 Harleys out in the church parking lot every service. I would love that. Amen? Are you with me? Whatever God puts on your heart to do, we are for it if it fits into the ministry. But if we're all moving this way and now you want to go a completely different direction, that's unruly. That's what it means to be unruly. You don't want to get with the program. That's where those mouths have to be stopped. They have to be stopped. Look, we're not the only church in town. There might be another church that wants to go that direction and you'll fit in perfectly right there. Amen. We talked about this in the Sunday school or in the uh, discipler meeting. When I went to Crown, Brother Sexton, at the beginning of the semester for all of us students, he would say this, remember, you're joining us. We're not joining you. Isn't that good? Laura and I joined a church years ago. Um, We had just gotten married. I wasn't in school anymore. And the pastor came out to visit us. And it was so funny, Pastor Bigelow, just a really gracious, godly man. All of you would love Bruce Bigelow. He was the pastor. And I said, I was trying to be gracious, you know, I was trying to, I said, now I know a Bible college student, you're not going to, you're not, I'm not going to cause you any trouble. You're not going to have any trouble for me. He laughed. He goes, I'm not worried. (laughs) His confidence in that moment, it was, he was not a cocky man. He was not concerned about Jim Alter causing trouble at all. I can't tell you how much I love Brother Bigelow for that. Isn't that good? We're church. We're solid. We're not. We want people to come in. We want people to bring their gifts. We're not real worried about going other directions because the Bible says to do this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to hold fast to the faithful word. You know what? I, you know what my dream is? For these guys to have Grace Baptist Church exactly like this, only bigger and better 20 years from now. Amen? Just going to keep moving ahead. How does that happen? Faithfulness. God's faithful. God's men need to be faithful. And God's man needs to be faithful. How many of you believe that with the Lord's help we can do that? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. We love you. We need you. We need your power. We need your strength. We need your grace.